Podcasting. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. With a fresh blanket of snow, we welcome you to a Wednesday here on Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself take you up until noon. Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon here on KXNO. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, pretty full. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of sports today. How about that concept? I like it. Right? Uh, Bama Bob's going to join us. As I mentioned, Bama and I were uh, reminiscing, commiserating what we're going through over the weekend and how we're just dying for some sports and said, you know what, we can scratch each of our our other itches. Have you on, Bama? We'll talk college football. I know Trent's in. Let's do it Wednesday. So here he is at 1020. Who isn't here today is David Kaplan. Interesting story here. Yeah, it really is. Um, well, look outside here, and apparently it's worse in Chicago, and there are multiple wrecks all over um, the roadway r- roadways into downtown Chicago, where the ESPN 1000 studios are located, and Cappy uh, couldn't get on the roads, was stuck uh, due to a number of accidents. And can you imagine if this was a normal Chicago rush hour morning? No. Oh, I mean, it's, it's the same here. It's the, likewise in Chicago with, I don't know, 80% of the traffic uh, not a part of the morning or afternoon commute. Um, but uh, So anyways, Cappy's going to reschedule. We will grab him tomorrow. I look forward to that. Nick Athen, who we missed last week, he covers the Chiefs uh, for Primetime Sports uh, talk.com. He's Chiefs Insider on Twitter. So we did the Vikings, Bears, and Packers last Friday. We promised to get you Chiefs fans an update on your squad. We'll do that today at about oh, 10.40-ish after Bama Bob. We will get you uh, Governor Reynolds' press conference. We're going to try and play today's press conference. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a concept as opposed to, um, well, we messed up. We messed up. <laughs> Guilty. I uh, found uh, it. I had the day wrong. Yeah, that's all right. I told you it was was a long weekend. It was was your birthday weekend. You didn't draw sober breath for for certainly for a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, We talked to to the uh, head coach of the Des Moines Buccaneers. Uh, They reached out to us and wanted to know if they got a spot for him. Of course we do. Peter Menino, I've never talked to. Is that how you say his last name? Menino, Menino? Menino, I would say. Um, So there's a lot of bucks. A lot of uh, Des Moines Buccaneers, a lot of players from the United States Hockey League that will hear their name called in the, whenever the NHL draft is, mm-hmm. looking more and more like they're going to quit, that they're going to bag the season, and they should. Uh, but we'll talk to uh, Peter Manino on the Buccaneers, who seemingly were headed to the playoffs. And then Michelle Book, the CEO of the Food Bank of Iowa. We have promised the Food Bank of Iowa that if they need radio time, they found a home here on Miller and Condon, and we will have Michelle book so we'll do sports up until about 11 45 and then michelle book will take us to the end of the program uh talking about the food bank of iowa and some of their needs they have never as a lot of uh charities and outreach programs have been never been more needed uh never have had more demand on what they do so we will help the food bank of iowa by bringing michelle book on weekly if she needs it she's got a home here with trent and i so last night Reading things as we do pretty much every night. Mm-hmm. Some things bring you down. Some a lot things of things bring you back up. And when I see the, though not an announcement from the PGA ah, reports yes. 
from the Professional Golf Association, mm-hmm. the PGA, mm-hmm. that they have their schedule. Right. And they're ready to roll it out, and it is going to begin in June. I saw that. There's a pep in the step after that there one. There is. Quad Cities Open is part of it. Yes, the John absolutely. Deere Classic yes. is, is part now. They and are that going might to be, do so That fans. might be that the time where fans are being allowed it, back Has that in. been speculated? I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw, and it was, I think it was a, tw- a couple Twitter comments, and it was national people that were talking about it. It wasn't just a bunch of dudes over in the Quad Cities or something or here in mm-hmm. Iowa. It was people on the national scale saying the likelihood, the maybe the first event, on the PGA Tour that will allow fans would be the John really? Deere Classic. And how how cool would that be for our area to be able to have that a couple of weeks later? They have the new event for the second year, I believe it is, maybe the third, up at TPC up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That's a couple of weeks later. And you also think about the field. How many times have we talked about John Deere? You'll get Zach. Yep. Back this to the is his tournament. You got Steve Stricker yeah. from Wisconsin. Right. And then the rest of the field was oh, young guys. There are over across the pond yes. preparing for the, uh, for the Open Championship. There is no Open Championship oh, this year. And because right. of that, how much better is this field? Are we going to see Tiger back there for the first time since the 90s? Are wow. we going to see the big stars descend about that. to the Quad Cities? And with it, hey, maybe there's an opportunity for us. Like to head over there. I've I've never been to that event. I've heard great things about it. Mm-hmm. I have never been. Yeah, maybe a possibility there. Well, um, I know that we used to send kicks. I know we used to send Jeff Holdorf over. Yeah, Holdy. Reports. Yep, Holdy for uh, did those for years for us over there, and he raves about it. Just mm-hmm. absolutely raves about it. So, well, um, if you're willing to go, take some radio equipment and yeah. set up, and we'll. I'll do my part of the show from right here on downtown Des Moines, and you do your thing. I do you and Vigo, and I do that. I do that. But uh, that's uh, boy, it just—it was one of those moments where you just had a smile on my face mm-hmm. as I'm reading through it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about what it's going to look. We talked about the Masters in November, mm-hmm. but the other events, the PGA, the U.S. Open, and how the calendar breaks down. Just some sense of normalcy, even for a fleeting moment last night. Boy, it felt good. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Trent. I'm with you, and I hope it happens. I really do. That's the middle of June. I don't think we'll see any of the other leagues before that. I don't. I believe the NHL is going to bag their season. I know the NBA wants to play. Mark Cuban on the weekend said that they will. Of course, he owns the Mavericks. He doesn't call the shots, but he's one of the voices. And uh, he believes that they will resume without fans at some point in some location to be determined. Uh, Football... I'm convinced that the NFL is going to go ahead on schedule. What I'm not convinced is college football uh, has a, uh, I'm sure they have a plan. I'm not sure that they have a viable path to start on time. Although I did see this morning on Twitter uh, that the vice president, Mike Pence, is uh, part of a conversation, a conference call this morning with the college football playoff committee. Now, I don't know if it's the entire committee or just the chair of the committee, but um, apparently, and that might be ongoing as we speak. In fact, I imagine it is because I saw this about 830 and they said uh, in the next couple of hours that phone call was scheduled to take place. So maybe there'll be something uh, come of that. Uh, here before we get out of here uh, at noon. But so certainly some good news uh, sports-wise. Dr. Fauci says that he sees the light at the end of the tunnel. He believes that uh, football will be played. Now, I think his quotes were more so leaning professional sports mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, college sports, but he thinks that you know the, 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 the leagues will go forward but do so without fans, at least for the foreseeable future. It's going to be different, uh, but we shall see um, as it's sorely missed. I mean, it's a big part of, our, of the fabric of the country, right? Yeah, it's of, not of just life. us and what no. we do here, and of course our listeners that love sports. That's mm-hmm. why you're listening to Sports Talk Radio, but 
there is more to it. And you mentioned that fabric. Yeah, sports talk radio will never work in Des Moines, Trent. Oh, you, you were told that, huh? Oh, numerous times, 24 years ago. <laughs> 25 years, 24 years in June. 24 years in June, absolutely. Never incredible. works. Not no. a big enough market. Nobody cares about sports. There's no pro teams. You cannot do this with just two college teams in the area. It's just not a viable product. Here we are. Here we are. Right. It's still buzzing along. You know, it's you mentioned that fabric and, and that moment, and I've allowed myself more and more to to think about those moments. And I was uh, I was listening to a podcast last night, and they were talking about what the bars are going to be like. And if you're a young person, I mean, talk about fish in a barrel. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> After this quarantine, if you can't find yeah. a special somebody, you, right. you got some problems yeah. to get with there. But I was allowing myself as a married person to th- just think about sports and that first time that you see it. You know, you've joked about give me a Marlins Rays game. I don't care whatever don't it is, care. but yeah. When I when I see my team, my twins run out on the field because that'll be the first mm-hmm. team of mine mm-hmm. that I'm more than likely going yep. to see. I don't care enough about an NBA team. It would be the Timberwolves, and they're terrible. So mm-hmm. it certainly wouldn't be that. It'll be the twins. And the first time I see my guys yeah. run out onto the field and the excitement that's going to be there that goes along with it, and it helps that I anticipate they're going to be a pretty good team on top of it. But even if don't, I mean, even if you're a team that doesn't have a chance this year, you're a Royals fan. But you see your guys in the blue run yeah. out out there onto the field. It's, just, it's, just, it's, it's normalcy. Yes. And just to have something something to take your mind off yeah. of it. You don't it, know what you got till it's gone. I know yeah. it's a cliche. I know it's an expression. But my God, if that hasn't resonated since, how many weeks ago was it that the, uh, the big 10, 12 tournaments were going on? Well, all of them were. Mm-hmm. But those are the two that certainly uh, move our needle and I mean, the Big 12 played. Iowa State was, they played on Wednesday night, and that was it. Even last night. So last night, get done with dinner. Been having dinner a lot earlier than we normally do, because Tara's home with the kids all day, and I get home in more the middle of the afternoon now, as opposed to late afternoon, like usual, and start dinner early, grilled up some brats, and it's 5.30. (laughs) Now what? Now what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Can't go outside. It was freezing. Right. Can't go for a walk. Can't play outside. No. Let's get a movie. All right. Well, I think the family's seen basically every family program on Netflix and Disney Plus, mm-hmm. but the new Trolls movie is out, and that's one of my daughter's favorites. And it was in fact it was the first movie she ever went to in a movie theater. They have over at Jordan Creek the dollar movies on like 10 a.m. during the summers for kids, and my wife would always take her. So that was her first ever movie. Well, it's out, but it'd be out in theaters right now. But they've allowed it to be streamed for how much? Is twenty it? bucks. Twenty bucks. Now, normally, if we would have went to this movie, would have been yeah. ten, twelve bucks for each. Uh, right. Terry and myself. Yeah, would have been five bucks for Ella, popcorn, mm-hmm. soda, mm-hmm. probably a little candy. Yeah, you're talking about sixty bucks at minimum Jeez. just to go watch that movie. So we went down to the basement, went to the man cave. Use the nice pluffy couch down there. Nice. And we all plopped down and watched it. And even Jack so enjoyed it. So it was pay-per-view, right? It was pay-per-view. And, 20... and Jack watched it. He liked it. Right. He was giggling. He fell asleep a little bit later. But so he didn't love it. He didn't love it, but he, he gave it at least one thumbs yeah. up as he was watching. It, it was, again, that a different way to do it. Would I normally spend any streaming option, 20 bucks to watch a movie at home? Mm-hmm. No. Maybe pop some popcorn. You do that. Yeah, that was look, fun. I, I did it last weekend with 1917, the World yeah. War One show. I watched it. Was I don't know how much it costs. Is it six ninety nine? I think that's what it is. Yeah, on DirecTV. Yeah. yeah, on DirecTV. I had no idea. You know what I found out through this, and I had no idea. And Cindy and I have been together since 1994, 95, one of the two. That's when we met and bought a house together, and here we are today. She's never cooked. I'm the cook. You're the cook. I'm okay. the cook. She's never cooked. Never cooked. Never. 
Never cooked? Okay, maybe she made toast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but never. to go with the toast? No, nothing. Nothing. Um, she's a hell of a cook. Oh, yeah? And she's been sandbagging me for 25 years. 25 years? Because... What'd she, she say? She can't cook? No, nah, she doesn't like to cook. I know, doesn't. I don't like to cook. Well, I like to cook, so it was never a problem. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so, so she's been cooking up a storm. I mean, I guarantee I put on some weight just yeah. by just by eating uh, home-cooked meals. That's been good. Yes, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So anyways, what we found out through these times. But we're, we did find out that golf is bound and determined to be back on our televisions maybe as early as the middle of June, which would certainly be welcome news. There was a, and we're going to talk to Bama Bob about this. I'm not sure if uh, if our audience, I know that you have read Steve Berkowitz's piece at USA Today, major public college football programs could lose billions of dollars with a B. This is not hyperbole. No. This is, and he spells it all out. This isn't just a guess on his part. He then goes and breaks down those numbers as to where those billions of dollars in losses will come from. And yes, you will, uh, there, there will be some savings if you don't have to play. I mean, you're not going to have to sequester the team in a hotel the night before and dot, dot, dot. So you're going to save a lot of money from travel, et cetera. If you're playing a home game, all this, all the expenses that go along with playing a home game. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, it's going to add up to billions of dollars. And it's the trickle down, too. It's not only the trickle down inside the athletic department. As we talked about a couple of, I don't know, when this first happened, I mean, Iowa City, you can't get a hotel room right. on Friday on Friday night and a lot of Saturday nights. Same in Ames. I mean, the Ankeny hotel rooms fill up when Iowa State is playing at home because I can't get names. I found this town called Ankeny. It's only 25, 30 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. Let's stay there. Uh, but it's And that's the way it is all over across the country It's at uh, uh, on a college football weekend. So there's just so much... Uh, so much that we don't think about that is reliant, dependent on college football. And there's more and more talk, Trent. This was Chris Fowler over the weekend. This was Brett McMurphy at some point last week. Really, truly, honestly believing that college football will be played, but it may not be played or may not conclude until February, March, maybe January of next year because this just means so much to the budgets the small businesses and we've talked so much here on our program and and everybody about the impact but you think about those small businesses that rely on the seven saturdays you know how many times we've talked about iowa boy can't you just take one of those home games and play a neutral neutral site site game yeah play notre dame soldier field boom but then you hear for the other side and those seven saturdays are so important to these small businesses to not just the places that are setting up shop on melrose but the businesses that people come in during that day, and you, when you have 70,000 people descending onto your town, how important that is. Now we're talking about taking away not one Saturday, Yeesh. seven Saturdays. Potentially. Every single year, and that impact that it's going to make. And even if there is football, those people not coming in. What was it the Alabama study, I think, that, that said each home football game generates $23 million uh. for the local community? $23 million just for Tuscaloosa. On an Alabama Saturday, and you have restaurants, to yes, hotels, everything, gas, gas stations. stations. Yeah, got to fill up on your right. way home. Liquor pick stores, up, pick up some beer, whatever right. it is. That is a huge, huge mm. impact, and, and that still lingers out there, and has to be a huge concern. Even I wonder places. what it is in Iowa City names. If Alabama's doing, you know, 15? Tuscaloosa, yeah, I would say right 15 in the surrounding 18? areas. Sure, 
I mean, I don't think they all drink us down in the South. No, no. I've been to Alabama for a game. I think you go toe-to-toe with them oh, in the yeah. SEC. I tried a couple of times. Yeah, they had nothing. <laughs> you, you I, was, I was there in 09. You 09. represented, I, did you? I was. I was there in 09, and uh, it was the Alabama-Tennessee game. It was nice. Alabama's first national championship year under Saban. Iowa also undefeated that season. I was wearing my Hawkeye uh, sweatshirt that day. And I also had an Alabama hat that I bought as we were walking around in uh, one of the different Which places. Which probably a good move. And so many people came up, Iowa, to ask me about Iowa. I said, well, I'm just here scouting you guys. Oh, they <laughs> got a kick out of that. Yeah. Oh, we'd love to see you in that one. And then that night That's is when fun. Iowa won seven, got six. Marvin McNutt oh, sure. caught the touchdown what against Michigan State. What a play. We were driving back to our friends that lived down in Alabama and lived about an hour out of, uh, of, from Tuscaloosa. The game was going on, but we couldn't get it. They had it recorded, so everybody turn off your phone. We went old school. Nice. We talked. We listened to the radio. Got back and then and watched nobody it. nobody spoiled it. Nobody spoiled it. I did not turn on my phone until after we watched the game. And when I turned it on, it's like 280 text messages from people that have been bet. flying in throughout that game. I bet. Well, there uh, we we had another winner in the building on the uh, iHeart Help You Pay Your Bills. Uh, sadly, it wasn't us. It was WHO again. Jeez. It's unbelievable. Uh, but we're still looking for our first one You here. can win here. You yes, can. you can. Well, we, you, we you, think. We, well, that's true. Uh, we're, we're pretty sure you can. Uh, the, the bus has had a winner. Uh, Kiss has had a winner. WHO's had five or six winners. And we want you to be our first KXNO winner. KXNO and iHeart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword CARE to 200. 200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's CARE to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Bama Bob, Trent and I will opine on college football. Sure, we're going to make it Alabama. Well, I want Jerry Judy Ruggs comparison. That's a good one. I'm convinced one of them's going to be a Raider. The other one's going to be a Bronco. Couple in the AFC West, I think huh? so. I think so. We will uh, come back to Octobiama Bob. We'll also get into that Steve Berkowitz piece at USA Today. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106. Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Oh, this reminds me of the old good times, Trent Condon. Mondays and Fridays during college football season. Bama Bob, our guys, we go around college football. I know a lot of you don't believe this, but there is college football outside the Big Ten and the Big 12. And uh, Bama Bob, Trent, and I go around college football, and we talk about it and can't wait to do it again. We're going to do it right now. There's a couple of things percolating. Obviously, the NFL draft a week from uh, tomorrow night. Steve Berkowitz's piece at the USA Today, it's alarming. Uh, there's to how much money college football uh, would lose if it's not played, collectively lose uh, over uh, that number in the billions. But Bama joins us. Bama, Trent, Ken, how about that music? It's good to hear that again, Bama. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great, Kenny, and uh, I hope you are too. I, Ken, I know you're doing well because if anybody's built to survive a pandemic, <laughs> yes. it's you. Stay away from people and stay at home. Perfect. Been working on it a long time, Bama, indeed. Uh, but <laughs> we'll get through. Uh, you know, Bama, you know, before we get into college football, and I know that you know, obviously the draft is kind of college football because that's where these guys' kids were trained. Sure. Um, 
You know, the big debate, and I'm convinced that Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs are, are both going to go within a couple of picks. I, there's so many receivers in the draft and so many good ones. And, you know, Jefferson from LSU, he's an incredibly talented kid that some years yeah. would be a top 10 pick or certainly maybe the first receiver off the board. But CeeDee Lamb and the two kids from Alabama are unbelievable. Ruggs, when he ran a 4-2-7 Bama, and actually ran quicker at the combine than Tyreek Hill did. I think that that elevated his stock significantly. As you think back to the season, I mean, Jerry Judy was always your guy, was my guy as well. But when did it become right. apparent just how good Ruggs was and what a weapon that Alabama had? Well, I think it kind of started um, bubbling up to the surface when teams really started committing to double-teaming Judy. You know, it's one of those things... Listen, and, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and call me a homer, whatever. I I hate the fact, and I know we'll get to two in a minute, but his injury, I think, really deprived us of watching a historic offense because who were you going to take away? You had the great running backs. You had a great passer. You had Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, and Devontae Smith, who's not right. bad either. That's for sure. And so – I, but I think at some point, really good defenses said, you know what, we're just not going to let Judy beat us. And that's kind of when Ruggs kind of bubbled to the surface. I think he had a, you know, Smith had a three-touchdown game one game or four, yep. whatever it was. And, and you know, the the thing with Ruggs is that people fall in love with is the speed. And they look at it like Tyree Kill. And, <clears throat> you know, he's a he's not quite as stocky as, as Hill is. But he's just as fast, and teams are in love with speed right now. The knock on him is more, uh, you know, will he go over the middle? You know, he take a little bubble screen or a you know, little five-yard hitch or something, and he'd just outrun everybody. That might not happen at the, at the pro level. You know, five years ago I said, oh, that, that'll never happen in the NFL. But now you see what Hill and other guys are doing. So, um, it, listen, Judy is my guy. I've seen him go over the middle, and I don't know if it was Danielson or Herb Street. It's probably Danielson, one of the SEC. They said he he has such a knack for just accelerating right when the ball gets to him. He then hits another gear and goes into full speed. And when you can go over the middle in the NFL, that is such a commodity. Um, so he's my guy. Uh, I know a lot of people love C.D. Lamb. I don't think you're going to go wrong with him. Uh, and I, but I'll tell you right now, you, you mentioned Jordan Jefferson. He might wind up being the best of the bunch. Yeah, he could be. I mean, that guy he, is just the size and the physicality that those other ones don't really have. I'm not saying they're not tough, because if you go over the middle, you're tough. But you know, C.D. Lamb is one of those you know kind of catch the ball in space and outrun people. You know, for twenty, thirty yards. Um, all of them, I think, can take the top off a of defense. Um, you know, given the right system. But Jefferson, man, he goes, you, I don't know that one of those guys is really going to win one of those, you know, corner route, you know, 50-50 balls, just throw a fade and jump up and go get it. And I think Jefferson has that ability. So, But you're right, man. This, this draft is just loaded top to bottom in the first two rounds with, with wide receivers. There, there are game changers. I mean, absolute game changers in the first two rounds of this draft. Somebody's going to get a, a receiver at, you know, number 40 or 45. I don't know who it's going to be. And we're going to look back five years, and that guy's going to be signing a $100 million contract, and he's going to be an all-pro. And we're going to say, man, look at all these other guys that went ahead of him. 
but he was the jewel. I don't know who it's going to be. It's Ayuk from Arizona State. It could be. It could I mean, be. They're, they're just that deep yeah. at the position, and but it's also so top-heavy. So, I mean, I, I can't wait to watch it. I know it's going to be different this year, and, and I hate that. I mean, you know, it's the world we're living in right now. But um, And I know there's been a little bit of controversy. Should they do it? Should they not? Hell yes, they should have the draft. You know, tell them, please give me something on TV to take my mind off of all this other stuff, even if it's only for a few hours over a couple nights. Well, we know that it feels like Joe Burrow is going to go one, but at two, so many different teams looking for quarterbacks, and, of course, Tua at the forefront of that. Your thoughts on Tua? He's been working out. He's shown plenty of video to the different scouts and teams that are out there. But when you look at Tunga Valoa, what he is at the next level, not the biggest guy by any means, your thoughts on him as an NFL quarterback? This is really tough for me. Um, I <laughs> I don't know, and it's just the injury history. I mean, he yeah. throws, and I know Burrow is great, okay, and Burrow is, is the clear choice, number one pick. Again, going back to if Tua hadn't been hurt, I mean, we're, we're in a, you know, a, a Ryan Leaf-Peyton Manning debate right here, mm-hmm. although I don't think either one of them is going to be a bust. Um but you can't over – Mike Lombardi, maybe it was just, you know, an axe to grind. Or so there's a few thoughts that he's kind of a, a Patriots mouthpiece, maybe bad mouth into uh, to getting to drop so Belichick can snag him. I mean, who knows? But he is right in that Tua has I, – I wouldn't call him brittle. And he used that word. I would not call him brittle because, I mean, he, the injury that he had was horrific, okay? I, and I think that would have that would have affected – there are a lot of quarterbacks that would have got hurt on that hit. But he has had the two ankle surgeries, and those were high ankle sprains. And, you know, it happens. You're scrambling, and we've all, we all saw it when it happened. I mean, the guy got rolled up on. The, the thing is, he had surgery to fix those as opposed, to get back in two to three weeks as opposed to just, you know, letting it rest or miss six to eight weeks as you normally would. So, you know, how is that going to heal? Is there a foreign body in there? I mean, is it is he more susceptible to ankle sprains? And is it going to limit his mobility? All that kind of stuff. But, look, I think he's a top-five pick. I think he'll be gone certainly within the first, you know, eight to ten picks. I think you're going to see some movement of people going up. I think he will be a really good professional quarterback. The, the one thing that people overlook with him he is smart, man. I mean, it, it, they they just a lot of people dismiss his ability because of the talent that he had around him with all those receivers and everything. And, and there's no question that sometimes it was men against boys, even in the SEC. And and you know he was only challenged really two or three times a year. But man, he is smart. I just go back to the first time that we saw him against Georgia, where he looked off the safety and off and all SEC and an NFL <laughs> safety. And hit Smith on that on that touchdown pass to win the national championship. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He's smart as hell. Um, it's just his durability and his size. You mentioned it, Ken. He's not he's not the biggest guy in the world. I mean, he's kind of like Drew Brees a little bit in that way. But you know, Drew's done okay for himself. So um, I I think he's going to be a really good pro. I think he's worthy of a first round pick. I don't know with the injuries, if he's going to be able to step in and compete right away. And then so much of that is if you put him behind a crappy offensive line, he's going to get beat up, and then can he hold up to that punishment? Um, but I think he's going to be, over time, over time, 
I think he's going to be an excellent pro, and he just throws such a pretty pass. He's so accurate, and he's so smart, and I think he will get the mobility back. It's just like so many other quarterbacks. In the, It's just what situation you're going to drop him into. If you drop Joe Burrow at number one on a crappy Bengals behind a, you know, a, a pretty bad offensive line, and he's facing the Baltimore Ravens twice a year, Oof. he's going to struggle a little bit. So, it, But I think overall he's going to be an excellent pro. I, I hope so, because the kid has suffered a lot of physical pain, and now he's taking it a little bit, you know, getting beat up a little bit in the media. So I really hope that he can play and hope he can show what he can do. Yeah, Bam, I think it's all noise. I really do. I believe the Chargers, yeah. who have the sixth pick right now, are going to come and get him. That's what I foresee. Anyways, Bam, we yeah. have a hard break in three minutes, so let's do this. Uh, the the piece in the, in, uh, in the USA Today, uh, Steve Berkowitz says billions of dollars potentially at stake if college football's not played. I just saw Bruce Feldman tweet out that apparently there's athletic directors that acknowledge that with no fans, if, if uh, fans stay home and watch college football, they might get used to that might be less inclined to come back to games. I, b- I would agree with that if it's the NFL. I don't think that's the case with college football. There's there's something different about college football, it's, in my opinion. It's the tailgate. It's the camaraderie. It's the being you know true to your school. It's going home, home air quotes, uh, to see your school. Um, might it take a few fans? Maybe, but I don't think it's going to be to the extent of the NFL. But what is legit is the amount of money that – you know, that college football generates, whether that be in the stadium, whether that be pay games, whether that be, you know, what didn't trend, what did you see? 22 million a Saturday yeah. in Tuscaloosa would be lost yeah. if Alabama doesn't play a home game. Bama, it's just so important to play it. What's the talk in the South? I know it's easier to play games in the South January, February, and March. Is that what the, is that kind of what's being discussed down there? It is a little bit, Ken. I, here's, the, here's the reality of it. I don't think, and I know everybody wants to be optimistic, okay? But the more you read and the more you pay attention, I cannot see us starting college football on time in August with full stadiums across the country, okay? Because you have to think of it as, you know, from New York to L.A. and everywhere in between. You know, I just I don't see that happening. I don't see how. With full stadiums, with tailgates, you mentioned Alabama. There's 40,000 people tailgating in an Alabama game, jammed into a small confines. You jam 100,000 people into a stadium. I, I can't see that happening. I mean, we're, we're four months away from that, and we're still everybody's still under a lockdown right now. Mm-hmm. Can you move the season out? You know, and you know, I've seen. Can we just play conference games? Can we start in October? Can we, you know, all this other kind of stuff? Can we go into March? Um, you know, to get a, a full season in. But um, I, the other thing is, I, I do agree with you that college football, you will have fans come back. But a lot of fans, I mean, you read stuff, people are not going to want to go out and risk, you know, without a vaccine. And a vaccine is a year away. I mean, are, are they really going to go out this year and pack stadiums? Some will, absolutely. I mean, there's there's pockets of it that are just clamoring for it. Yeah. Um, the health and safety of the players, it's a contact sport. There's sweat, there's spit, there's blood, there's stuff everywhere, you know, out there. I mean, I, I just I don't see it happening, but I think you're right. College football can survive it better than the NFL because it's either where you live or it's where you went to school, and that never changes for most people. You know, you move from city to city, and maybe you get loyalties, and they change a little bit, but 
college football, I think, will survive. But, man, I'm afraid that it's going to be much, much different. And I don't, I don't think we're going to start on time on a national basis. I just I can't see it. Um, I, maybe we will, and maybe I'm wrong. And Lord knows I hope I'm wrong. But I just don't see Labor Day weekend pack stadiums across the country like we're used to. I'm with you, Bama. I'm with you, my friend. I do think it'll get in. I don't know when we're go- what it's going to look like and when it's going to start. Bama, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch. Good to talk to you, as always. I love hearing that music. Uh, that's a little normalcy for a Monday and a Friday. Uh, good to talk to you, Bama. Appreciate you coming on. You can follow Bama on Twitter. He's Well, he's at Bama Bob. Uh, Bama, talk to you soon, friend. All right, guys, take care. Anytime, I always enjoy it. Stay safe. Yep, you do You do the same. Bama Bob, talking college football. Well, we're going to stay on the football vein, but move from the college game of the pro game. Last uh, Friday, we had the uh, representative, well, our talker on the Vikings, Bears, and Packers. Didn't get the Chiefs in, but Nick Athens going to join us next when we come yeah. back. I love uh, the defending Super Bowl championship. 50 years. I don't love it as much as love. Well, <laughs> that, that's understandable. Does that mean I have to wait till 2035 before the Bears are going to win a Super Bowl? Uh, no, Mitch Trubisky's going to lead them within the next <laughs> three years. I'm telling you, he's going to beat out Foles. Stop giving that's me this That's my false hot hope. take, Trent Condon. Uh, uh, Nick Athen on the Chiefs next. Governor Reynolds at 11. Uh, we're going to talk some Bucks hockey at 11.30. More so on the uh, pend- upcoming draft and some of these kids that uh, had their key- season cut short as well. And then Michelle Book from the Food Bank of Iowa. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO, segment here the first hour of the program coming up in hour number two we will hear from uh governor kim reynolds her press conference scheduled to go at 11 o'clock what else trend we're gonna do some des moines buccaneers and then we'll hear from michelle book mm-hmm. from the uh, food bank of iowa she will uh bring the program to a close for today well last friday we took a look at three of the four local teams we missed on the chiefs and promised to get nick athen here this week and well look at here he joins the program <laughs> primetimesportstalk.com that's nick's website you can follow him on twitter at chiefs insider at chiefs insider the bad news is the chiefs pick 32nd in the first round of the nfl draft the good news is every single fan of an nfl team would like to be in that spot how are you nick Athen? i'm doing good guys i hope you're healthy and safe in this uh, maddening world we're living in right now yeah well we will get through it um yeah, fingers sure. crossed doc fauci said today that he sees a light at the end of the tunnel and can see sports happening this fall albeit without fans so we'll see where it goes nobody knows at this point but we do know the draft is a week from tomorrow nick and the chiefs are scheduled to pick 32nd before we get into the draft just a couple of housekeeping notes from the off season uh chris jones is still out there i know he's tagged what are you hearing on Chris Jones, I mean, obviously, they don't want to lose him or they wouldn't have tagged him. If they do lose him, they want right. something for him. Uh, what are you hearing? You're right. Well, I mean, the guy's very active in the community. He's donating money. He's helping the cause in Kansas City. That doesn't lead me to believe like a guy who's planning on going anywhere anytime soon. I know that's kind of a, you know, a, a, a different way to look at the situation. But he has expressed a desire to stay in Kansas City. Uh, he has Mahomes, he's got Tyrone Matthew, he's got Frank Clark, he's got Travis Kelsey all in his ear and say, hey, let's go, let's keep doing this, let's win a bunch of Super Bowls. So I, I think that they're definitely apart dollar-wise, probably I would say in the 6 to $10 million guaranteed dollar range right now. 
but the Chiefs have to look ahead at, at what will be a very unique contract for Patrick Mahomes next year. Um, I believe his contract will be tied to the salary cap, and he will take a specific percentage every year. So that gives the Chiefs max flexibility. But in order to do that, they cannot pay overpay for Chris Jones. But if the Chiefs get a one and a two offer for Chris Jones from a team, especially someone that's in the you know maybe ten to twenty range in the first round, then yeah, I, I think there's a possibility he could be traded. But I would be surprised if he is not playing for the Chiefs this year. How much outside of, of course, the draft that's going to have a whole lot of uh, different players coming in, how much more flexibility do you think we're going to see inside this roster? Is is the roster, for all intents and purposes, set at this point? Yeah, I mean, you basically have 20 of 22 starters back. Um, 21, if you count uh, Mankin, who got hurt as the guard when, uh, in the Houston game, who's going to start this year. So, I mean, I think what Beach has done... Um, you know, finally getting a Breland sign last week was, hey, let's 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 keep this team together. Um, we'll we'll be smart with our free agents. I mean, his best job, you know, uh, Matthew Clark, but also you know, uh, Pinnell and and other guys that he brought in during the season. You know, that have certainly uh, certainly helped this team get to a Super Bowl. So he said, hey, why don't we? We don't have a lot of cap space this year. We're going to have a ton of cap space next year, even though we have to get Patrick Mahomes signed. Um, let's keep the band together one more year. And you know, when he did that and got Watkins done, mm-hmm. you know, that made me feel like, okay, this is their plan. Now, would I be shocked if Brett Veach makes a big move on draft day? Absolutely not. I think there's still some targets of players out there. Um, they were they were generally, you know, un- other than Andres Pete, the offensive guard from New Orleans, that's the only real primetime player they went after. So, but is there, is there a big move coming? It wouldn't shock me. Uh, but... I think he's got a pretty good formula right now. I think he's happy with where they are. And for all intents and purposes, you look at all the change in the NFL, especially in the division. You know, Chiefs have kept the core together, and they have a lot already installed where these other teams are going to have to introduce a whole bunch of new players and try and gel in a, in a probably a different way than most teams expect. Hmm. You keep forgetting the Broncos have Drew Locke. <laughs> you love your Drew Locke. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. All right, question for you. Okay. Question for you. Yep. All right, here we go. Uh-huh. Why is Drew Locke the best fit? For that Bronco off, uh, uh, Nick. This is this is Ken fanboy coming out in me. <laughs> My fingers are crossed. Look, um, I don't know if he's the answer or not. He he looked other than the game at Arrowhead. Let's be honest. A lot of quarterbacks struggle at Arrowhead, whether it's start number one in that building or they they're veteran <laughs> players. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's just it's a little bit of hope. That's what it is right now. Um, but we'll see if he's the answer or not. I certainly hope that he is. Anyways, so let's get to let's get to pick thirty two. Here's what I think that the Chiefs okay. are going to do, Nick. Um, I believe that the Raiders are going to get C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. I believe Denver will take. Whichever of the two that's left, the one that they like the best, whether that's you know the same three I just mentioned. So I think that both of those teams are going to go receiver. I think that yep. the Chargers are lying in the weeds, and that is where two is going to end up. I really believe that. I think that they're going to leapfrog the Dolphins. You, that, that we haven't heard a lot about the Chargers. They need a quarterback. They're moving into a new yep. building. They're the second fiddle in Los Angeles by a long ways. It's always going to be a Rams yep. town. They need a splash. So a couple of receivers, and 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 they maybe a franchise quarterback coming into that division. Does that mean that I'm right that the Chiefs are leaning cornerback? 
You know, that's the popular opinion right now, though I do think Tua will be gone at number two. I think there's going to be a trade there. Um, I, I think Tua is the best quarterback in this draft. He is the, he is the next Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. No question about it. Um, so if the Chargers want him, they're going to have to move him. And I think they could. I think they might. Yeah, they have the ammunition to do yep. it. I mean, they've had a terrific offseason. I mean, they have the best offseason in the division. Mm-hmm. I think Denver probably number two. The Raiders, who knows what those guys are doing. I still haven't figured it out. Right. But, uh, you know, I think – I think the Chiefs cornerback is, is probably a position where they likely will go. However, you know, there could be a veteran or two that they can short gap for a year or two and uh, maybe go after a running back or a wide receiver. You know, Williams is, is on a one-year contract. There's been no talk about an extension, even though he's Mr. Touchdown in the postseason. There are a couple of primetime running backs available that could be there at the end of round one. There's probably going to be an elite wide receiver or two that are going to be available at the end of round one. And the question for Brett Beach is, do I add to my strength or do I fix a weakness? And that's going to be the biggest issue for them. And if he thinks that he can do one or the other or both, they may not even pick at 32 and they may grab some extra picks because this is the deepest wide receiver class I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. you got guys in the seventh round who are going to be starting next year. Um, there is so much talent, and there's no way with the Chiefs, you know, basically having Watkins and Robinson on one-year deals that they're not going to look ahead um, and say, listen, this class is so unique, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chiefs took two wide receivers in this draft. So cornerback uh, number one, wide receiver, running back, kind of combo number two, and then the linebacker. I mean, they've got to find somebody opposite Frank Clark, you know, that can rush the passer, and there's some very, very good players available there too. So um, I think the Chiefs are going to be able to pick probably a guy that they can plug in as a starter right away, uh, no matter who they select at 32. But I'm with you. I think cornerback makes the most sense, um, especially if they don't extend Ward. Uh, Breland, my understanding is he's going to get another extension. They're going to keep him around. They really like him. And I think he's one of the better cornerbacks, uh, underrated cornerbacks in the, in the NFL. So um, I would say cornerback at this point. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out them taking a running back. So Breland extends. I mean, he signed a one-year deal. But you think that they work to get something done? Yeah, I do. Gotcha. I mean, they gave him five and a half million. You know, and that's that's a lot of money. He had zero offers because mostly his agent told everybody he's going back to Kansas City. So they just they don't want to extend a whole lot into 2021 until they they solve the Chris Jones problem. They get him in a manageable number, and then they can start projecting because. But the cap is what two hundred? What is it? Two hundred million or something like that? Close to it, right in that range. Yeah, I anticipate it to be close to two hundred and forty million next year. Mm. And you're going to have some contracts come off the books. I mean, the Chiefs could be sitting at about sixty to eighty million in cap space next year. That's a lot Swell. of money for Beach to play with. <laughs> when he basically is going to say, "Okay, we've had a nice run. Now it's the Patrick Mahomes contract era. We're going to have to do business differently." So the guys always working two, three years ahead. So um, I, I, tr- I trust his plan right now. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how it shapes out. But I do think, you know, even a guy like Watkins, you know, if he wants to play two more years, I think he'll stay in Kansas City as well. Talking with Nick Athen as we take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs here on Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Last thing for me, Nick, and going for back-to-back, you mentioned 20 of 22 starters back. Certainly the <laughs> betting favorite out there. With that, what team in the AFC do you look at right now is most concerning? What's the one that said, boy, if somebody would be able to come into Kansas City? I know it is April, but we're having these conversations. Mm -hmm. We're having fun. What team concerns you most in the AFC? 
Well, that's a really good question. No, there's um, a really easy answer, boys. It's still not the Broncos. It's no, it's not, not Denver. Denver no, it's not Denver. Um, I mean, obviously, the Baltimore ding, Raiders, ding, ding. You know, yeah, are, are the team that um, you know probably bring the most potential for an upset. But you know, Jackson has shown that you know he can't handle the postseason, and until he does, and he proves that he can, you know, it's not a team that I don't think the Chiefs fear. And the good news is, if you're a Chiefs fan, I, I don't think. Any fan fears an opponent, Homer or the way. I think they have so much confidence, and this team has so much confidence in itself, that even if the Chiefs hadn't gotten home field advantage, I think they would have gone into New England and won, and I think they would have won against the Ravens. I just think they have a superior coaching staff, and they have a superior internal drive than any other team in the AFC right now. Calais and Campbell so Ravens, and Derek they, Wolf, two huge additions to that defensive yeah, line. huge. But again, they've got to gel and blend, and you know you can't do workouts on a computer. Fair point. Um, you know that it's all these teams that spend all that money, and you know God love them, and even in this economy and the things going on in the world. But there's absolutely no way without an OTA session, without mini camps, without probably they're not even going to be together until training camp, if then. Then there's absolutely no way these teams that have all these extra bodies are going to get enough coaching session in one on one time. You know, drills, see what they have. They don't even know if these guys are healthy. Um, so I, I think the Chiefs have a, an amazing advantage to go back-to-back, and I don't think it's going to be as difficult for them to make the leap to, you know, expectation where all these other teams are still going to be chasing and trying to develop their teams. And they're just, for an example, look at what happened with the Chiefs' defense a year ago. What did it take? seven, eight games before they kind of put it together. Mm-hmm. And that was with all those new faces. And you take a team like Baltimore that has a bunch of new faces and the Chargers that have a bunch of new faces on defense. You know, how long are they going to gel? How long is it going to take? And it takes time. And if you have no, you know, connectability with your players and the coaches and practices and, and drills and all that stuff, that makes it really difficult for any team to be in a gel situation until maybe December you know, for a lot of these parts and pieces to, to, to figure it all out. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. That's Nick's site, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at Chiefs Insider. And you can hear him here with Miller and Condon again next week as we approach draft day. Perhaps we'll have a little bit more clarity. Nick, as always, thank you for doing this for us. Appreciate you coming on. Gents, be safe, everybody up in Iowa. Um, just, just be careful. Be safe. Absolutely, my friend. Uh, good to hear from you, Nick. Take care. Talk to you next Thanks, week. Buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, Nick Athen, Chiefs Insider on Twitter, Chiefs Insider on Twitter. Well, Trent, we are bound and determined to play Kim Reynolds' press conference yes. from today. <laughs> Yesterday, a little eh, well, snafu. She looked, uh, and I was watching it, and I'm like, boy, the outfit looks very similar to the one she's <laughs> <laughs> Right, I never even paid attention. <laughs> well, because we normally take the feed off the TV so we right. get the best audio from WHO. And 11 o'clock comes, and we're both looking. Yeah. I Neither of us had thing. seen Why isn't anything. WHO carrying it? Right, today, and what's going on? Well, maybe they, they made the decision they weren't going to carry it for whatever reason. So, well, I went to the PBS website. It popped up right there. Play it. <laughs> we start going. And the texts aren't coming in. Uh, guys, you're hey, playing yesterday. So. Moron. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, well. We'll uh, bring it live to you. Indeed. Uh, Kim Reynolds coming up. in the uh, Following the uh, the Iowa's uh, governor's press conference, we're going to do a little hockey. Uh, head coach of the uh, Des Moines Buccaneers. 
They got some guys that are going to hear their name called whenever the draft gets here in the NHL. And then we've got Michelle Book, the CEO of Food Bank Iowa, coming on. We promised them a weekly spot, Food Bank of Iowa, as we get through this. Uh, And we will uh, live up to that. Food Bank of Iowa will um, take us up until the end of the program. 11 o'clock hours next. Kim Reynolds' press conference scheduled to start right at 11. We will get you there. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, KXNO 106.